0: This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Ephesians chapter three. If you have a Bible, go there, Ephesians three. We're gonna jump into verse seven. now. If you're new to uh, our church or you haven't been with us on this journey, let me just explain a little bit about the book of Ephesians before we jump in. Now, to recap, uh, the book of Ephesians is written by a man named Paul. In this context, he's writing from jail. He's writing from prison to a city called Ephesus. Now, Paul, the apostle, he's not in jail because he robbed somebody or hurt somebody He's in jail because of his faith. And we have been mindful to celebrate most every week. Thank God we live in hashtag America. And we can celebrate without fear of our faith. Somebody thank God you're in America and there's no fear for your faith. Come on, I think we could be a little bit more grateful for our great nation. We should be praying for America right now. Somebody say amen. So he's writing in jail. He's in Rome. He's writing to the city Ephesus whom he is madly passionate in love with these people. We know in Acts chapter 18 and 20, it teaches us that he spent two years with these people. By the way, just because he only spent two years with them, it doesn't mean he didn't have meaningful, deep relationships with them. I'll tell you this, Zoe Church is only a year and a half old, but in the year and a half of our existence, I have met some of my best friends. I have some of the closest relationships in the year and a half of this existence of this church already. I want to invite you. Don't just come to our church, be a part of our community, it's the strongest thing we got going. It's better than Blair's voice, and it's better than any video we could make. Somebody say amen. So two years he spent with these people. He's in love with them. He's writing from Rome all these revelations about who Jesus is and what the church should look like. Now selfishly, I have to tell you as the pastor of this community, I have chosen the book of Ephesians because there's two emphasis within this book. It is the glorious life, and I believe that you and I, through Jesus, are not called to limp and struggle through life. I believe we've been called to have the abundant life and also live the glorious life. So I'm believing for all of us that we're gonna join a CrossFit gym, we're gonna get a glorious body, and we're gonna live a glorious life. Somebody say amen. Tender greens. So there's, there's glorious life. And then the glorious church. He's talking about building a glorious church, which I believe, let me just let you in on something. I don't believe Zoe Church is called to just exist. I believe we're called to be light, to be help, to be hope, and to f- help people find the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the book of Ephesians is divided in half. The first three, books of th- first three chapters of this book talks about the position of a believer. Who we are in Christ. Because of Jesus, we have been, been positioned as forgiven, as redeemed, as seated in heavenly places. Because of Jesus, we are positioned now in grace. Now, that's the first three chapters. And we're going to end in transition next week will be in chapter four. Chapters four through six are about the activity of a believer. I will tell you today, you will be bored out of your mind as a Christian if you just settle with position, and you don't ever get out and do something for God. Now, I believe that being a Christian is not just accepting the love of God, but I believe there's an activity, Paul's going to talk about, activity of being a Christian. Now, it's not just about being a busy Christian that does a bunch of good but it's actually also about knowing who we are in Christ and doing something so that others know who they can become in Christ. I want to preach a message today out of chapter 3, and you can write down the title, of today's talk it's called unqualified and he knows it unqualified and he knows it let's read together here in Ephesians chapter 3 verses 7 through 22 and I'm gonna read from the message translation today I'm gonna to grab my iPad you can follow along on the big old screen behind me and here we go it says this this is my life work Paul's talking this is my life work helping people understand and respond to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise, God handling all the details. When it came to presenting the message to people who had no background in God's way, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. God saw to it that I was equipped, but you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. And so here I am preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. The inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. My task is to bring out into the open and make plain what God, who created all this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Through followers of Jesus, like yourself, gathered in churches, they have the best coffee, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even more among Instagram. All this proceeding along lines, planned all along by God, and then executed in Christ Jesus, when we put, oh, I love this one, when we put our trust in him, we're free to say whatever needs to be said, and we're bold to go ever where we need to go. So don't let my present trouble, he's talking about prison, on your behalf get you down. Be proud, Verse 14, my response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all of heaven and earth. I ask in Him to strengthen you by His Spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God verse 20 and 21 are my favorites. God can do anything, you know? Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church, glory to God in the Messiah in Jesus, glory down all the generations, glory through all millennial. Oh yes. Somebody say amen. Come on, put your hands together if you just received the reading of the scripture today. Again, today, unqualified or, 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 or underqualified, and he knows it. Let's pray, and let's believe that God will speak to us and encourage us this morning. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're for us and you're not against us. We understand today that even as Paul was shocked that you loved him, We are so surprised by your grace in our life. Thank you today that you are with us. Thank you that today you are for us. And we ask by the power of your spirit as we gather together, Lord, that you would open up our eyes so we can see your son, open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. We love you today more than life itself. And God, we are thanking you for the Los Angeles Lakers that we have had the worst season, but it's only so we can get a great draft pick and rise back to glory. God, we believe that many more statues like the Shack statue of this week will come to fruition in this new draft pick in Jesus' name. And all the Laker fans said amen. Come on, let's get a little bit more faith than that. All the Laker fans said amen. You you ever feel just for what you're doing or something you've you've approached? You ever feel just let me see your hand? Ever feel unqualified for something you're doing? Just let me just see your hand. You just you feel like you're approaching something. This is like every IKEA project I've ever entered into. Like you just walk up to something, you're just like I am not fit for this task. Like this task is so far. This is how I feel about grilling steaks and any home project. Just I'm just I walk into Home Depot and I'm like ah help her. Like, I'm just unqualified to even be in the building. Like, being in in the aisles, I'm walking down just, I don't know what I'm doing. I remember the the time I felt the most unqualified or underqualified was when when I first started out in the ministry. I I was going to do my first wedding. I was kind of excited, you know. This couple in our church had asked me to do their wedding, and I was just like, me? You want... Like, you want me to do the, yeah, let's go. Y'all gonna have cake? So I was just, I'm down. So I, 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 I'm getting ready for the wedding and a, a few weeks out before the wedding, they asked if I would give them pre-marital counseling. I was 24 years old. I didn't have chest hair or home. And so I'm just like, <laughs> marital, absolutely. So I sat down with them and I began to counsel them in their marriage. I didn't even have a girlfriend. I couldn't even get a girlfriend. And so I'm like, you know, the key to a successful marriage is that you need to watch Sports Center together. It's gonna do. The, like, I, I have no idea. So I get into the ceremony. All The place is packed. You know, they got the bridesmaid and the groomsmen, the whole thing. And I'm giving my best, like, marriage sermon, right? So I, 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 I fumbled my way through it. And at the end, you know, the, the, he had a really difficult last name. Like, the last name was just I had practiced and rehearsed. But I'm like, what am I even doing here? So, so finally, when, you know, you can kiss the bride and everything goes good. And I was like, I'd like to now announce to you for the first time, Mr. and Mrs., And the whole place, like, just laughs. You ever feel like when people are not, like, laughing at your joke, but they're laughing at you? You know, that feeling? So I'm like, ah, ah, let me do it again. So I tried again. I was like, no, I'd like to announce to you for the first time, Mr. and Mrs. Scusmissy. Like, I just, I couldn't get it at all. Finally, I looked at the couple and I was like, hey, bud, announce yourself. (laughs) I just... Like, what am I doing weddings? Like, what in the world am I? I'm 24 years old. Like, I have no idea about love or marriage. Still don't. But but I want to talk today about what the Apostle Paul is saying in Ephesians 3. He's saying, do you understand I am the least qualified to do the job I'm doing? Isn't it amazing that our God, he never calls the equipped, but he equips the called. He's saying, to, he, Paul is saying to us, listen, you might be doing something that you're in over your head, but trust me, when I've called you to it, I'll see you through it. Oh, I love that we serve a God that doesn't call perfect people. He doesn't beckon those that have it together, but he actually asks for people that are in over their head. Come on, somebody thank the Lord today that you're doing something that might be over your head, but you've got the grace of heaven, the wind of heaven at your back. Come on, I think you can have a little bit more faith than that, that God is going going to see you through what he's called you to. Verse 7, watch what he says. You can write down the first point. This is my life's work. Helping people understand and respond to this message. Now, he, he, he's saying, Paul's saying, this is my life's work. But notice that he's saying, this life's work that I'm doing, this was a shock to me. Like, this is a surprise. How in the world did I get myself in this situation? I never, in when I was sitting down in third grade or in fifth grade writing down what I'm going to be in life, when I was in high school and they said, this is going to be your life's work, you're going to do X as a job or this as a job, some of us today, you're doing a work that you never imagined for yourself. But what I believe about God is that God will actually call you to his plan, not your plan. God will actually put you in his position that he wants you to have, and not just your position that that you want I love this about Paul. Paul the apostle is saying my life's work is helping people watch the two things he says. My life's work is helping people understand and respond to this message. By the way, no one can respond to something until they understand something. You ever get a text message and the text message is so confusing and you cannot respond to the text until the bubbles reappear and they start to finish their thought? And you're like, I cannot respond to this thing because I don't understand what you're asking of me or where you're saying that you're at. Listen, no one can respond to something they don't understand. Paul the Apostle from Rome to Ephesus is writing such profound thoughts because he's actually saying, My life's work is helping the Gentiles. The Gentiles were the ostracized. The Gentiles were those that should have never come to church. The Gentiles never thought they had a shot at Jesus. And he's saying, My life's work is helping people that never thought thought they could come to church realize that they can come to church. My life's work is helping people understand and respond to the message of Jesus. I want to say to Zoe Church, our life's work is helping people in Los Angeles understand the good news of Jesus and respond to the good news of Jesus. Come on, anybody with me today? That our life's work is not just the job that we work, but the calling we've received. I want you to understand and respond do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth this is this is the role of the church Paul is not just speaking about his life's work he's speaking about our life's work Our life's work is not just the job that you possess today. It's not just the way that you make an income. It's not just the thing that God has you doing in this season. God could actually flip the script and have you do something in two years' time from now. In five years' time from now, you can change occupation, but you won't change calling. Because our calling is to help people understand and respond to the good news of Jesus. It's not the good news of a building. It's not the good news of a church. It's the good news that Jesus loves us in spite of who we are. We are. Come on, somebody thank the Lord today. If you're grateful this morning that you and I, we have already understood and responded to Jesus. And Paul's like, this is a shock to me. This is unbelievable. I was, I, was, I was partying my brains out. I was against Christianity. I had no business coming to a building or going to a service. And God caught me by surprise. And now my life's work is helping other people get caught by surprise. And watch how in tune he is. Watch how acutely aware he is of his inabilities and insecurities. And you ever do something and you think, I, how did I get in this position? God has been too good to put me around these people and to use my pause aware. He's going, you guys, do you understand? I'm the worst of the worst. I'm the least of the least. By the way, just a heads up, people will always follow you if they get a sense that there's humility about you. It's hard to follow arrogant people. It's hard to follow people that are full of themselves. It's hard to follow. Pe- By the way, when you're full of yourself, you're just masking insecurity. But when you understand grace caught you and grace saves you, you walk with the ability of going, how in the world? Favor is not fair. God has been good. Come on, somebody help me preach today. If you're grateful today for all the things that God's allowed you to experience. In fact, Paul continues on in the next verses and he says this. He said, I'm in way over my head. This is, o- this the love of God, he says, is over my head. In fact, write down point number two today. The love of God, it is, it is over my head, but it's under my feet. It's, oh, I'm telling you, the lo- he's saying, listen, th- this whole thing, the love of God, the, the, the work that he has called me to do, helping people understand and respond to this message. I want, this is my whole life, it's helping people understand and respond to this message. And the message I'm supposed to present, I don't even understand how to tell people how good he is because how good he is, is over my head. I remember when I walked, I can still remember the classroom. When I was in high school, I walked into pre-calculus and they started talking the first day and I was like, I gotta go to the office and get out this class because this is just the pre-Cal. Because I feel like we're talking about rocket science today. This this is a language? Like all these kids are gonna go from pre-Cal to real Cal? I'm out. Where is the gym? Like, I was just like, this is not happening because this stuff is over my head. I will tell you, the love of God will always be over your head. You will never be able to define it. You will never be able to box it. You will never be able to describe it because it's beyond comprehension. It is beyond our ability to grasp. I'm telling you, the love of God, it's better than you can ask. It's better than you can think. It's better than you can imagine. Anybody thankful today that it is the inexhaustible riches of Jesus and the generosity of Christ that has led you here today? He said, this thing, it is, oh, I love the love of God. It's under my feet as a firm foundation, but it's over my head beyond I can grasp. I'm standing on the love of God. The love of God is the foundation of my life. It's the foundation of my home. It's the foundation of this church. I'm standing on solid ground. I'm standing on Christ, the cornerstone. I've got a firm foundation, but I'll tell you, oh, it's over my head. I I can't wrap my brain around it. It is too To beyond my description. I don't have a vernacular or a vocabulary for the love of God. Paul's writing and he's saying, listen, I got to tell you something. I'm the least of these guys. And one of the things that I'd understand, this is the scandal called grace in my life, is because God is using me with this message. And I get get to help people respond and understand it. But what's so scandalous is I don't even, this thing is so good, it's beyond my natural comprehension. I just want to encourage you today. That there is nothing you've done and nowhere you've gone where God can't love you. The love of God is beyond your wildest dreams. The love of God will compel you. The love of God will heal you. The love of God will help you. The love of God will protect you. The love of God is so passionately, madly in love with your life. Oh, I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I came to tell somebody you can't put God in a box. You can't put love into a frame. It is beyond our wildest dreams. I'm thankful in my darkest places the love of God overwhelmed me. When I was in my worst state, the love of God, thankful I don't live off the love of God from last month or last year. I've got the love of God in my life today. It's a firm foundation underneath my feet and it's beyond my wildest dreams. Come on, somebody thank the Lord today that he loves you and he's for you and it's beyond your comprehension. This is such unbelievable writing from Paul, writing from prison, writing from jail. He's saying this is, this is a scandal called grace. I, 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 I'm the least of these. I'm the worst. And, and, and God, who would have thought? I've been called to the, not to the Jews, the church folk, the religious, but to the Gentiles. My job is to tell people that never thought they had a shot at grace, you're on the same playing field as church folk. You, 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 there's no difference. Jesus loves them just as much as he loves you. He said, this is my life's work, helping these people that are ostracized and alienated, that never thought that they could actually measure up. I, it's my job to help them understand and respond. And what's so crazy about this is that this whole thing, this job, is be, it's over my head. He said, but don't you worry. Write down point number three. Don't you worry. When you trust him, you can say what you need to say, and you can go where you need to go. Oh, I love Paul. Paul's saying, you know what? Actually, though, I can do this job because it's not about me. Oh, I wonder who I'm preaching to right now. So many of us, we get hung up on ourselves. We get obsessed with ourselves. We get self-absorbed. And we get into our, our own head. And by the way, the biggest stumbling block in your life, it's not your situation, it's just your thinking. It's the way that you view yourself. It's the way that you see your situation through the lens of God and yourself. But when you get a healthy view of self, Paul had a healthy view of self. He said, this is scandalous. This is wild. I know I'm unqualified. I know it's beyond my comprehension, but you know what? I'm going to trust in God. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I came to tell somebody, why don't you put your trust in God? God's going to heal your family. God's going to give you that job. God's going to do what he said he would do. Come on, anybody today, put in all your trust in the Lord. Trust, confidence, belief, faith in Jesus. He said, you know, when, when the only thing that's allowed me to go to Ephesus, Philippi, Colossus, Thessalonica, all these cities, the only thing that has me going city to city, it's not that I trust myself, it's that I trust God. Stop living off your gift and start living on trusting Jesus. The Bible says, lean not upon your own understanding, acknowledge him in all that you say and do. He will direct your path and he will establish your thoughts. Some of us, our mind goes crazy and your thoughts aren't established because you trust in yourself and you don't trust in God. But when I trust in the Lord and I lean not on my past, I lean not on my natural understanding, I lean not on what I used to be and what I used to do, but I trust in the Lord. By the way, the Bible says we trust not in riches or mammon, we trust not in chariots or horsemen, but our Trust is in the name of the Lord. When you trust in God, you can say what you need to say and you can go where you need to go. I just love this about Paul. Paul is giving us actually just a road map on how to live a fulfilled, bold life. What would your life look like if you had a little bit more holy confidence? Not confidence in yourself, but confidence in Jesus. I know he's called me to it. He's going to see me through it. I know God has called me into something bigger than myself, but he's going to equip me to do this thing. When you start putting your trust in Jesus, all of a sudden you get a boldness to say what needs to be said and go where you need to go. Sometimes when you're petrified in fear and you can't step up and have a crucial conversation or say something to somebody, maybe you need to say something to a coworker. Maybe you need to say something to a friend. Maybe you need to say someone, something to a loved one. When, when you trust in Jesus, you can say what you need to say and you can go where you need to go. I will tell you that the reason why Julia and I, we leveraged everything with a sick child and a growing family. She can't keep her hands off me. Um, another sermon on purity this summer. Come back. Come um, back. The reason why we leveraged everything is because we can, we can say what we need to say and we can go where we need to go because we trust in God. We didn't, have, we didn't have money. We didn't have staff. We didn't have a team. We didn't have anything but a word from God. Feeling unqualified. Feeling in over my head. Feeling like God, but, but, there, but there's this, that, and the other. Excuse after excuse after excuse. But when you trust God, you say, you know what? I'm gonna actually say what I need to say and I'm gonna go where I need to go. What would your life look like if you started to trust God more instead of trusting Him less? What would your life look like if you said, you know what, I'm just gonna step out and I'm gonna say this thing that needs to be said? I, I, I love confident people. There is nothing more attractive than a confident person. And I'm not just talking about self confidence, although that's attractive. I'm talking about godly confidence. Just walking, just I say what I need to say and I go where I need to go. I don't know who that's for today, but I'm believing that. your life this week you're going to say what you need to say and you're going to go where you need to go come on if you receive it this morning why don't you put your hands together and thank the lord that's something for you this week and then all of a sudden paul's this is this is my life's work and it's crazy and i i'm the least of these it's over my head and that's all right i'm gonna trust god i'm gonna go where i need to go say what i need and all this all of a sudden he just flips in the middle of chapter three and he starts praying for folks He's like one of those prayer warriors that's just like mid-conversation. Yeah, we're having a good time. March Madness is so fun, we're watching Duke. All of a sudden, can I pray for you? Like he's just, all of a sudden, Paul's just like writing this letter. He's just I can see him in his prison. Like maybe he's got some scribe, you know? Maybe he's got somebody writing the letter. And tell him this and tell, tell him I'm I'm the worst and I'm the least. And if they, they think they're unqualified, I'm unqualified. he's pacing around. He's like, write this down, write this down. And and, and, and and this is this is over my head. And he's, and, and, and he mid mid-mid-chapter three. He just pauses and goes, I'm going to pray for him. I want to pray for this Ephesus. Let me just pray for him real fast. Pray, oh gosh, I love this part. Pray that they would be firmly planted and rooted in the love of Jesus. Can you write that down? Point number four, here's a prayer for you today. That our lives would be firmly planted in the love of Jesus. Planted, not plagued. Don't worry, there's another service coming up at 12. We'll fix it. Planted in the love of Jesus. Hooked on phonics, worked for, um, Chad. But um, planted in the love, of, firmly rooted and planted in the love of Jesus. It is what it is, right? Oh, fix it that fast? Give it up for these guys in the back. On, on the fly? On the fl- You tricksters. He, 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 he's, he's actually out of his own experience of life going like, the only reason why I can make it through hardships like prison and the things I've faced in my life is that the only reason why I'm here is I'm planted and rooted in the love of Jesus. Now he would go on to say things like this: I pray that you would live a life where you explore the heights and the depths and the widths, and you would explore, you you live a full life exploring how great this love is. But I want to focus very quickly on the two things he wrote, he wrote here: planted and rooted, planted and rooted. Because sometimes we have to understand the difference between being planted and rooted. Remember, the Bible has called you to be planted in the church. In fact, the Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they will always be fresh and they will always be flourishing. So number one, you're called to be planted in the house of God, planted in church. But beyond that, can I say one of the things that will separate your life and you'll live a zoe life when you're planted in the love of Jesus. But I want to encourage you not just to be planted in it, but to get rooted in it. I remember growing up, you know, the worst day of the whole week was Saturdays. My, my parents on Saturdays, they had a list of chores. I hated Saturdays. I'd rather go to school and be lazy at school than, you know, have a chore day. But my, when I was in middle school, we used to have to do a lot of weeding. You ever pull weeds? Anybody ever pull weeds? Yeah, you pull weeds. So we go in the backyard and we start pulling weeds. And my dad, I was good at it until my dad started inspecting my work. When he, when he inspected the work is where it all went bad because I used to just take out the tops and then just move the bark, it looked good, you know? But my dad would come through, move the bark over and be like, son, you didn't pull out any roots. And I'm like, dad, have you seen my arms? I can't do it. Like, it's just, it's impossible. So my dad would be like, no, you gotta get down. You guys laughed a bit too hard on that? Just want to say that. it felt like I was like, the biggest reaction it hurts, you know? But... He would have us get down and pull the. It's hard to pull something out that's rooted. So many of us, we get pulled out of the things of God. Pulled out of the love of Jesus. Pulled out of the things you're called to do. Pulled out of the things that you've been dreaming. Come on, I'm I'm preaching to somebody today that I know you want to double down and not just get planted, but you want to get rooted. Anybody want to be rooted in the love of Jesus Christ? I mean, get down in it. Get re- You can't pull my family out of this thing. You can't pull my faith out of this thing. I have been planted and rooted in the love of Jesus. You come hell and high water and you can't pull me out this thing. I'm down deep. I'm invested I've got faith in the cross I've got it's not about me it's about him and Paul is saying from prison I'm facing all these things but at least I'm planted and at least I'm rooted in the love of Jesus Christ oh it's encouraging stuff isn't it It's so encouraging what he's saying because he's saying any of us, although it's scandalous, although it's over our head, although we're undeserving and unworthy and we're unqualified, at least we can just get planted in this thing and get rooted in this thing and all of a sudden we can grow to be fruitful lives and fruitful families and have children that serve the Lord and our businesses will take off and our lives will be fresh. Come on, anybody want to live a life that has fruit on it? You can't have fruit unless you get planted and you get rooted. Oh, I love it so much. Worship team, you can come join me. And he ends this whole prayer. you got to get planted and rooted in the love of Jesus. And then I could just see him. He's pacing back and forth in his prison cell. He's just like, and write down this. God can do anything. Far above anything you could ask, think, or imagine. In fact, write down the last point today. God can do more than you can ask, think, or imagine. I just, I love what he's saying here. God can do more. He's saying, "If God did this for me, then surely God can do this for you." Ephesians three twenty. I just—it has to be one of my favorite verses in the Bible. We, you know, we we've got bracelets that say it, and all kinds of, you know, if you if you follow us on any social media, hashtag Eph three twenty. It's one of my favorite verses because I believe we're living a life. My life is better than I asked. It's better than I ever thought. I could not imagine what God has given me. We serve the God that does more than you could ever think of. As great as your imagination is, which is God-given, you can imagine, you know, your family, and you can imagine growing up in Christ. You can imagine all these things. God said, I got something better. Your imagination, it just fails in comparison to what I have planned for you. I've been planning great things. I've been planning. It's beyond your wildest dreams. And I just want to tell you today, we're going to praise the Lord because of the plans he has. It's not the plans he's going to make. It's the plans that he already has. God can do more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. And when you live this kind of life, I believe that you'll always kind of feel I'm underqualified. He knows that. God's not waiting to use you or do something great through you. Get your act together and then let's talk. Okay, guys, let's memorize some verses and then we'll see where we go from there. Let's um, let's get your attendance down for church three weeks in a row. then let's talk. God's going, no, 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 I'm the God that has something better than you can ask think or imagine. And my love is so ferocious and tenacious. I'm going to love you through every situation. I'm going to love you through every season of your life. I am for you and not against you. Come on, anybody grateful today that you're underqualified, but he knows it. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.